This podcast covers all things health, your body, your brain, and your well-being. Each week, we'll be joined by doctors, as well as the occasional guest, to talk about the health topics that mean the most to you. How do you feel great on vacation? Like, really good? Easy. You go to Aruba. You'll spend your time relaxing on cool white sand beaches and floating in healing blue water. You'll immerse yourself in natural wonder and find your center on an island where things move at your speed. You won't just feel great, you'll feel relaxed, renewed, and ready for life. That's the Aruba Effect. Plan your trip at aruba.com. Mindfulness has been developed as a therapeutic technique, but it can also be a part of daily life to cope with stress, pain, anxiety, or depression. It is really a practice of conscious awareness of experiences, sensations, feelings, and emotions at each moment, all in a relaxed and non-judgmental way, accepting them but not being influenced by them. Through this awareness and acceptance in the moment, one hopes to achieve calm and promote a clearer path in one's daily life. While there is no universally accepted definition of mindfulness, Dr. Angela Johnson, like many practitioners, turns to one put forth by one of the pioneers in the field. The most commonly used working definition of mindfulness comes by way of Dr. John Kabat-Zinn, who's kind of known as the father of mindfulness here in the United States, and he's at the University of Massachusetts. And so the definition of mindfulness is really the awareness that emerges through paying attention on purpose in the present moment. And so it suggests that the mind actually is fully attending to what's happening. So, for example, you're more present and aware of what you're doing, when you're doing it, and as well as having an awareness of the space that you're moving through. Can you give me some examples of it or how one would begin to become more mindful Yeah, so there are actually two primary ways of practicing mindfulness, and they kind of fall into two categories. So most of us, you know, when we think about mindfulness, kind of conjure up perhaps an image of someone sitting, right, with their eyes closed and meditating, and this kind of falls into the category of formal mindfulness practice. In this example, it's a practice where where someone would intentionally, you know, set aside time to focus on the breath. And here is a quick word from our sponsor. We take this few seconds off to inform you, our valued loyal listener, about the best health and fitness podcast shows from the Nespod Studios. Join us as we give you the best of the best health and wellness updates you can rely on for the treatment of chronic health problems. Classic functional medicine back to basics health tips and special updates from the best doctors in the United States of America. Check out this health and wellness podcast shows. Explore Health Talk Weekly. Healthy Lifestyle Matters, Excellent Health Digest, Healthy and Free Daily and last but not least, Weekly Health and Fitness Corner. Also, check out Nasty Boy CC The Truest Story Never Told Fiction Podcast, for that real life on the go experience with the 27-year-old golden boy, who made our guest invite number one list. He tells us about his story as it happens in real time and in real life. It's Nasty Boy CC The Truest Story Never Told. Go get a load of that happiness because happiness is healthy as we know it. Join us every week as we continue to provide you the best of health and fitness wellness updates from around the globe. 
Enjoy the show. Paying attention to the sensations of breathing with each breath in and each breath out. So in an instance of mindful breathing, someone would notice the sensation of the coolness of the air as it enters the nose and the warmth as it exits. So other forms of mindfulness meditation practices include like mindful eating where when you are eating, you're just eating instead of multitasking and you're noticing, you know, the colors of food on your plate. You're noticing the senses, right? How the food smells and how it tastes and you're really kind of eating nice and slow. Mindful walking, example of of mindful walking is when you're walking outside, you know, you're really aware of yourself in movement, one step at a time, feeling your feet connecting with the ground, noticing the sights and sounds around you when you're in the moment. Those are examples of formal mindfulness practices. So alternatively, when we practice mindfulness, there's another category called informal mindfulness practices. And this is kind of where we bring our attention to our experiences on a moment-to-moment basis kind of during the day. For example, we can practice informal mindfulness. I mean, every day, hopefully, we're all washing our hands. And so you can, as you are washing your hands, instead of allowing your mind to kind of be wandering off and carried away by, you know, the thoughts and worries that you have in your mind, you are instead engaged with the process of washing your hands. You're feeling the warmth of the water on your hands. You're noticing the softness of the soap. And so that's kind of an example of an informal mindfulness practice. Can exercise be a form of mindfulness or can the reverse mindfulness enter into your exercise routines or practices? Yeah, that's a great question. So it absolutely can fit into exercise. And so one of my most favorite practices, and I kind of referred to this earlier in the formal mindfulness definition, is kind of along the lines of mindful walking. And so, again, the idea with this practice is to be present with the sensations of movement. Again, noticing your feet connecting with the ground, noticing your clothes against your skin as you move, noticing sensations in your body without being in judgment of what you're noticing. It's a way of training your attention in the present moment. And to the other part of the question is let's say that someone, maybe their exercise routine is doing whatever, like running, or maybe it is sitting and doing some gentle yoga stretching. And so the idea with mindfulness is to fully bring your attention to whatever movement or exercise you're doing and to notice your body in movement, to feel your skin against your clothes. If you're outside, feeling the sensation of the air against any areas of exposed skin. And the moment that you notice your mind wandering off of that exercise or those moments of movement, which the mind will wander. We know from neuroscience that the mind automatically wanders. Nearly 48% of our waking hours is when the mind wanders. When we notice that our mind has wandered off of whatever it is that we're doing in that moment, you know, exercise, the yoga, the walking, we gently bring our attention back to what we're trying to do. This is how we train our mind to be present to what we're doing in the moment. That's mindfulness. Can mindfulness help deal with stress either by being mindful and doing mindfulness practices all along 
or even in a particular situation where someone is feeling stress, then going back to their mindfulness practices and what they know about it. Absolutely. You know, mindfulness practices can be especially beneficial during times of high stress. There's actually a growing body of research to indicate that when we practice mindfulness, we are actually changing our physiology because the nervous system begins to calm down, which may help us feel less stressed and less anxious. So what research is finding is that when we practice mindfulness, what's happening, or partly what's happening, is that the amygdala, which is the size and shape of an almond located kind of just behind the temples, is the part of the brain that fires up when we are in a place of like when we're feeling kind of stressed and anxious and fearful. And when that is fired up, it often carries us off into the fight or flight response, the stress response. And being in a kind of chronic state of fight or flight is certainly not good for any of us, including people with Parkinson's. And chronic stress, you know, increases inflammation, which can make any condition worse. So when we practice mindfulness, there's evidence to suggest that the firing inside the amygdala actually begins to quiet down. And instead, the prefrontal cortex, which is known as our executive functioning area, helps us feel more grounded, more focused. It allows us to respond to what's happening inside more skillfully. And that is the beauty of mindfulness and how it helps us during this. Here is a quick word from our sponsor. We take this few seconds off to inform you, our valued loyal listener, about the best health and fitness podcast shows from the Nespod Studios. Join us as we give you the best of the best health and wellness updates you can rely on for the treatment of chronic health problems. Classic functional medicine back to basics health tips and special updates from the best doctors in the United States of America. Check out this health and wellness podcast shows. Explore Health Talk Weekly, Healthy Lifestyle Matters, Excellent Health Digest, Healthy and Free Daily and last but not least. Weekly Health and Fitness Corner. Also, Check out Nasty Boy CC The Truest Story Never Told Fiction Podcast, for that real life on the go experience with the 27-year-old golden boy, who made our guest invite number one list. He tells us about his story as it happens in real time and in real life. It's Nasty Boy CC The Truest Story Never Told. Go get a load of that happiness because happiness is healthy as we know it. Join us every week as we continue to provide you the best of health and fitness wellness updates from around the globe. Enjoy the show. Times of stress. Right now, a lot of people may be feeling stress. We're in the middle of a coronavirus mm -hmm. pandemic, but sometime we're going to get back to a normal routine and people are going to have more to do in their day. How can you fit in mindfulness into your daily life in those conditions? You know, the wonderful thing about mindfulness is that you don't have to go anywhere special to practice it. It does not cost a dime. It can be incorporated really into all aspects of your life. It's all about finding a mindfulness practice that resonates with you and figuring out a way to get into the habit of practicing and then doing it and see how it works for you. For example, mindful breathing. We, as human beings, breathe 17 plus thousand times a day. And so we have 
17 plus thousand opportunities to practice mindful breathing, even if it's just for one breath cycle where you are following the breath from the beginning of the inhalation through the middle to the end, and then the beginning of the exhalation through the middle to the end. There you go. There's your practice, one breath. So it's really about finding what works for you and getting into the habit and doing it. You focused up till now mostly on physical sensations, attending to your breath or feeling the air when you're outside walking or something like that. But how about more internal stuff, attending to your emotions in the moment and things mm-hmm. like that? I really appreciate you asking me this question about using mindfulness to help deal with emotions. So, you know, as human beings, we experience emotions. It's a natural and normal part of life. Oftentimes, without any sort of mindfulness practice, when we experience emotions, and especially if they're difficult, we are kind of hardwired to react automatically to our emotions, and it's sometimes unhealthy, right? When we're feeling stressed or anxious or irritable, we can often lash out at other people, lash out at ourselves, be in judgment of ourselves, be in judgment of other people, and that just increases kind of the heaviness of our emotional experience. So being mindful of emotions, getting into the habit of that really means like just tapping into, taking a moment and pausing on purpose to identify how am I feeling in this moment? You know, what is the most present thought in my mind? What is the present emotion that I have in my heart? And the idea with mindfulness in terms of emotions and thoughts is to label Label what you are noticing in the moment. And instead of saying, for example, if you are experiencing some anxiety, instead of saying, I'm anxious, you can stop and pause and say, in this moment, I notice anxiety. And again, research is finding that when we label our emotions, the neural networking inside the amygdala begins to quiet down which then quiets down the stress response and it re-engages and strengthens the neural networking inside the prefrontal cortex. And so it's such a beautiful practice to get into the habit of doing. Does mindfulness training and mindfulness itself have physical health benefits or anything measurable in the physical realm, especially for Parkinson's? Trials that have been done have found evidence to suggest that mindfulness can lower anxiety and depression, improve motor functions, um, help people experience greater verbal fluency, as well as reduce pain. Where can people find mindfulness training? Is it only at medical centers or is it available in the community or online? You know, many large academic medical centers offer some form of mindfulness training. So certainly if you are interested in attending like a six or eight week mindfulness series, you could certainly do a search and you live in a big city. You know, I would suggest that you do a search of your local medical centers and see what's being offered. But alternatively, for people who are interested in doing an online program, which, you know, certainly now would be an incredible time to do that. There are many, many places across the United States that are offering online programs. And so some of the places that your listeners might want to look into is mindfulness training through places like University of Massachusetts, University of California at San Diego, and University of California at Berkeley. 
those are some great places to begin. And there's certainly many, many, many more out there. It's important that people kind of do their own research, maybe ask around to family and friends and see if they have any suggestions, but really find something that works best for you. And finally, is there anything to add or anything important we've missed? If your listeners are finding this information interesting and they've never tried mindfulness out, I would just suggest that they try it out for themselves and kind of use themselves as their own lab and see how these practices feel for them. While there certainly are suggested guidelines and nuances for each type of mindfulness practice, your listeners should remember that these are certainly just suggestions. And really, it's all about getting in the habit of doing some sort of self-care, whatever feels best for them, and adjusting these practices to make it work for them personally. Great. Thank you. That's a lot of information. I'm sure it'll be helpful. Thank you all for listening. And until next time. This will conclude the episode. Thanks for tuning in. If you like what you hear, please leave a comment and subscribe. Thank you. This will conclude the episode. Thanks for tuning in. If you like what you hear, please leave a comment and subscribe. Thank you.